0: Play for free at Luckylandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary, void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This show contains adult political themes and language. Liberals and little children should cover their ears. Welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps, where negativity never sounded so good. Now, here's your host, Thomas Purcell. Good morning, and welcome to Liberty Never Sleeps. Make sure to follow the show at our website, at LibertyNeverSleeps.com, where you can find links to us on Twitter and Facebook, and watch the show video on YouTube and BitChute. Remember, you can always subscribe to the show also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, and iTunes. Good morning. Back from the... Christmas vacation. We have a lot of new stuff coming to the show and I want to get into that first before we get into the main body of our show. Uh, I've added some new video software to the show and I'll be doing all kinds of interesting things this year on YouTube and BitChute. So if you're not subscribed to YouTube or BitChute, you should because I'm going to do news clips, voiceovers. I've got a lot of new ideas For 2020, we are going to expand the show greatly in 2020. I'm I'm making this huge push and this run-up because Trump is going to get re-elected this year, and I want to bring a whole new look and feel to this show. I, I, the listeners have been donating money for a couple years now, a number of loyal listeners, and I want to give them something for their money. So we invested in new video software to edit the show to enhance. Our video ended the show. I finally decided, with Bitchute giving me free reign to do what I want, I'm going to invest more money in the video aspect of the show. Now, at the the radio show, the format will change much, but the that will change a, a, a quite a bit when you listen to it. But the video is going to be the where the show is is giving you a new feel, mostly in 2020, at least for the first six months, assuming that everything works as well as I think it does. That's what I got to do. But I I had to mention, I had to start off the show with that because I'm so excited about some of the new things that I'm bringing to this show. I wanted to share that with you first. We also put in some new gifts on Patreon for our long-term donors. For those of you who donate like more than six months, starting January 1st, you're going to get t-shirts and coffee mugs and things like that. Uh, you'll have to go to Patreon to look at all the new things. It's for people who are donating regular to the show at $15, 20 or twenty-five. You're going to get all kinds of stuff. You're still going to get the private shows. The, the ten-dollar-a-month club is going to be there. Uh, but I wanted to donate. Uh, I give something back to the people who have been long-term supporters. Uh, who have been funding this show since its inception. And, I, and I've got a whole bunch of packages here I've got to take over to the post office this week. I'm going to send out to you people who have been with me for years. I wanted to thank you for your donation show, uh, but I, I really didn't want to spend too much money. So I took my existing spec copies, I signed them, I put little inscriptions, and I'm going to mail them out. And the reason I, I want to put the money back into the show this year, I invested in video software. I was looking at a 4K camera. I tried it. I looked so terrible on it that I decided to go back to the the normal 1980 uh, uh, pixel uh, cameras. The 4K was just, you could see too much. It's, you know, I I don't do makeup for the show, and I would have to. Because these 4K cameras were like the kind of cameras they use on high-definition news stations. And it just was... It was a little much, and I I, I invested in video software so I could do more with the show, which means I can download news clips, play them on the show, that kind of thing. The kind of thing that you see on other shows like Mark Dice and whatnot. If you hear my voice, you can hear I'm a little raspy this morning. I was watching this weekend's football games. It was the the playoff games, and I was yelling and screaming because we're a Minnesota Viking household. I know I'm personally a Giants fan, but the Giants have realistically had a decent team in years. So I've been a supporter of my my better half's favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. And I have to tell you, yesterday's game, I mean, before we get into today's Iran show, I have to tell you, the playoffs, the most exciting playoffs I've seen in years were yesterday and and Saturday. And my throat is absolutely raw. So uh, with the yelling and screaming and whatnot, I just, and we had, you know, we had tacos and, 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 and chili and cheese dip and we we just had a great time this whole weekend so um got a lot of new stuff for 2020 i want to get into today's show because we got so much to bring you i got so many aspects to this iran story i mean new year's started off with a bang didn't it i it's like i was like well what am i going to talk about am i going to talk about predictions well i'm going to save that for my friday show before uh the the, the regular show starts on monday so i'm not going to do that what am i going to do on monday and then all, I mean, it just all hell broke loose because of, you know Donald Trump. And I was going to talk about the election. I was going to talk about the Democrats. But today, I said I got I got to talk about what's all going on because the liberals are going nuts. The Iranians are going nuts. It's a complete. It's it's like madness with this act that Donald Trump did by killing this General Soleimani, and and everybody's going nuts on every side of the aisle. So let's let's take a break. I also want to tell you, for 2020, the show, we're going to get a lot more laughs out of, a lot more to goofing around, a lot more funny thing. I mean, it's going to still be political. I'm going to bring you other things besides uh, political stories. We're going to do more of that. I wanted to talk about the Golden Globes a little bit because Ricky Gervais absolutely laid out the Hollywood elite in his monologue last night. I want to talk about that. I don't have time today. So I'm going to talk about the Golden Globes and football and other things tomorrow. I'm going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. I know people have been asking me about that, sending me private messages. I'll talk about that all tomorrow. Today, I want to just talk about Iran. Because the the stupidity and the silliness online is unbelievable. I I knew that the liberals were going to go nuts over this uh, General Soleimani thing. But I had no idea how stupid... Some people are. And these are people in Congress and whatnot and how they've exposed themselves as people who are sympathetic to enemies of the United States. It's clearly, obviously, what's going on. So let's let's get into all of it. I'm going to talk about Iran. I'm going to talk about terrorism. I'm going to talk about why we attack Soleimani. I'll I'll talk about all of the strikes back. I'll talk about al-Qaeda, ISIS. We've got so much to bring you. Let's take a break. And I'm going to start with, are we really going to war with Iran? Because no, we aren't. We'll be right back after this brief break. Do you hate the president, madam speaker? Speaker, I don't, Representative I don't Collins, hate anybody. Representative, Representative athlete out. We don't hate anybody. Not anybody yeah. in the world. So don't, don't be accused of I did anybody. not accuse you. Did, you did. I asked a question. You did. And, and Representative Collins yesterday suggested that the Democrats are doing this simply because they don't like the guy. No, I have nothing to do with it. Let me just say this. I, think, need to need to need to the I think the president is a coward when it comes to helping uh, our, our kids who are afraid of gun violence. I think he is cruel when he doesn't deal with the, the, helping our dreamers of which we're very proud. Of. I think he's in denial about the constitu- about the uh, climate crisis. However, that's about the election well suits my Are we really going to war with Iran? Uh, I mean this is so silly first of all a war with Iran even if if that were to happen it would not be a real war it would be Mike Tyson versus Barney Fife right Barney Fife yelling at all Mike Tyson he takes one step in the ring and Mike Tyson lays the guy out this is not a real war okay Iran doesn't have a real Navy it doesn't have a real Air Force its army is basically a bunch of stooges with guns to their heads okay now that being said, we're not going to war with Iran. There's not going to be a draft. There's not going to be people lined up and forced to fight. And there's not going to be massive amounts of troops. We're not going to line up in the desert like we did in Desert Storm. It ain't going to happen. All right? What we did is we killed a terrorist general who was in Iraq. Okay? That's not an act of war of Iran. Technically, it is because you attacked the general but he was in Iraq. He was acting as a terrorist sympathizer. He was sending money and troops and aid to terrorists that were in al-Qaeda uh, that were in uh, Iraq. They were, Iran has been supporting terrorism and is trying to foment insurrection in Iraq. Because as you well know, with the, the second invasion by Bush the younger, we established a democratic republic in Iraq. They don't want that. They don't want a strong Iraq. They don't want a free country in in the Gulf besides Israel. It's bad enough they got Israel. They don't want another one. So they've been spending money. They've been going into Iraq with their generals, with their military leaders, giving them advice and funding these militia groups inside Iraq. These people are responsible for deaths of Americans, American contractors, American servicemen. And Soleimani himself, has been going around the Middle East for the last 30 or 40 years doing this. He is an expert on it, and that's why Iran made him the most trusted general, because that's how Iran fights wars, okay? We had an opportunity. We had been watching him for a while, and we decided to take him out with a strike. Now, Obama had been doing drone strikes for years. Nobody said anything. Nobody said it was an act of war. Nobody said we're going to go to war with these countries. Everyone supported Barack Obama when he did these drone strikes. I have said all along that drone strikes against individual targets such as uh, oil platforms and things like that, that that doesn't solve anything. But taking out the leader, the head of somebody, certainly does. Taking out a terrorist certainly does. I've always supported that. I haven't supported drone strikes for military use. I've supported drone strikes for what? Taking out a specific target, a military target. And Soleimani was a military target. He was an enemy combatant. He was fermenting insurrection and terrorism around the Gulf. So Donald Trump did the right thing. But everybody on the left went nuts and said, we're going to go to war with Iran. This is not an act of war. It's an act of self-defense. Nobody said anything when Soleimani was stirring up these Iraqi militia groups. Nobody said, hey, it's an act of war that Iraqi militia groups were attacking our embassy. Nobody said that the Benghazi attack was an act of war during Obama's uh, administration. Why is it suddenly now an act of war when we strike back? Because we struck back. We have been taking it on the chin from the Iranians for years. And now everybody's up in arms because we decided to say, no, we're not going to do that anymore. We're going to attack a military target if it attacks us first. This is an act of self-defense. It wouldn't matter if he was planning another attack or not. This guy has been a thorn in the side for everybody in the Gulf. Not just us, but for the European powers, for the Iraqis, for other Arabs in the Gulf. And that's why people in the streets in many of these cities, both in Baghdad, both in Iran, have said, glad to see him gone. Now that being said, I need to talk about what war is. War is an act of constant conflict. In other words, troops are sent somewhere, the enemy strikes back, you strike them, that's war. And in America, we have a system by which war is defined. The president goes to Congress and says, I need a declaration of war because I need to fund a sustained conflict with an enemy nation. That involves offensive actions. In other words, I'm going to send troops into Iran or other countries. That's going to require funding. That's going to require an authorization from Congress. But the president is authorized to use force at any time as commander-in-chief. That's for defense. In other words, if another nation attacks us, we have the ability and speed to send troops into battle immediately. But the act of sustained conflict, the act of war, requires an act of Congress. There is no requirement that the president has to notify Congress for a defensive act. That's why our Constitution is set up that way. All you have to do is read it. Why did the the, the founding fathers set up our our commander-in-chief to have this power of the military, but he had to go to uh, Congress for an act of war? That's why. So that the president could act quickly to defend our nation and our national interests, which include supporting our embassies against acts of terrorism, And he has to go to Congress if he wants to engage in a sustained conflict, which is the definition of war. Look it up. It says in in Webster's Dictionary, a sustained conflict with an enemy nation. We're not going to do that. Donald Trump has no intent of invading Iran. He has spoken many times about adventurism overseas. What he did was act defensively. And that was it. He didn't continue by sending more drone strikes against other people or other targets. He said, no, no, no. We took out a military leader because he attacked our embassy. That's it. If Iran does nothing more at this point, we're not going to do anything more. We sent some troops, about 3,000, not a whole lot, into the Gulf to protect our economic interests. You know, people like oil platforms, military bases, these things, which are essential to the safety of American citizens. And it is essential to do that. But that's not an act of war. That's not invading another country. If Iran does nothing more, then the United States will do nothing more. Donald Trump has said, well, if you attack us again, if you strike back, if you take any more aggressive action, we have all these sites that we can attack too. 52 uh, sites that are important to our culture, which we'll get to in a minute. But there is a difference between acts of war and war itself. First of all, if the president went to congress and asked for a sustained conflict with iran and he needed funding you can bet that they wouldn't do it there was nobody that in congress that wants that half of them have advisors that are iranian-american valerie chalik was an, uh, an iranian-american who was uh, uh, an advisor to to uh, president obama there are many people who have strong ties with iran unfortunately in congress that's so it's not going to happen just, from, just I, I, from the financial aspect of it. But the, the United States can defend itself, can defend its own interests. And that's important for you to understand, to understand what's going on here, okay? There is a difference between acts of war and actual war itself. It's not going to happen. And all these liberals and all these people marching in the streets saying, we don't want war with Iran. Well, where were you marching when the Iranian uh, mullahs were spending the money that Obama gave them and fermenting terrorism in the Gulf? Where were you then? Why weren't you saying, hey, we protest all these attacks. We protest all these terrorist attacks in Europe. We protest all these terrorist attacks in in Africa and other places that American contractors are at risk every day. No, we did the proper thing. We struck back, which this country has not done in years. And that's why everyone's getting upset. Because they're not used to it. They're not used to an America standing up to Iran. They're not used to America defending our interests overseas. It's just like that with, with journalists and Donald Trump. Donald, the president of the United States has been taking it on the chin from the mainstream media for years. It's not just been Trump. It goes back to Obama. It goes back to Clinton. It goes back to Bush. The media constantly attacks the president. And no president has had the ability to fight back. And so now Donald Trump has done it. That's why they're, not, they're upset. Oh, it's an attack on journalism. No, it isn't. It's the first time a president's actually fought back and they're not used to it. You need to do it the way other presidents have. No, he doesn't. He's going to attack interests that are in the Gulf. And that means Soleimani. We had an opportunity and we took it. End of story. And if Iran does nothing at this point, says, okay, let's put away our weapons. Let's sit down with the Americans and let's work out a new Iran deal. Something where we say we're not going to build a nuclear weapon and Israel is allowed a right to exist. If that were to happen, there would be peace in the Gulf. But you know it's not. You know it's not because Iran is the root of the tree of the problem. And let's get into, into that. They are. They're the ones who have been fomenting terrorism in the Gulf for 40 years. Let's get into the politics of it. We'll be right back after this brief break. All right. As I said earlier, there is no constitutional obligation for the President of the United States to notify Congress for an attack. He can use the military at will anytime he wants. If Congress doesn't want the President to do that, doesn't want the President to have the ability to do that, then they need to stop funding the Defense Department. They need to submit a budget that's half of what it is. That's this plain fact of it. America's money and treasure That it uses for national defense. Is used for that. To defend our interests. And the president has no need to notify congress of that. Now. If the president decides to go to war. As I said earlier in the last segment. He has to go to congress for that. To engage in a sustained conflict. And there's a whole lot of politics on it. One of the things that they're upset about. That the democrats are upset about. Because there's a number of layers to this. It's like an onion. Is that this will empower The president in the upcoming election. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt that there is political gain in such an action. Americans, by and large, don't like Middle Eastern nations. They have been going around sponsoring terrorism, they have been going around acting with reckless abandon against Israel and our contractors. And this is important. Our oil platforms, our economic interests are just as important as real estate, and they need to be defended. When you have private companies that are responsible for providing money, oil, and other things to the American people, that is an economic interest that the American president is responsible to defend, constitutionally obligated. That is the role of the federal government. And the president is going to get some gain out of that. There's no question about that. You know how Americans are. They're a bloodthirsty bunch. We've been attacked. Our embassy's blown up. No more Benghazi's. That says it all. Americans had got no retribution and no relief from that attack on 9-11 against Benghazi. Nobody went to jail. Nobody got exposed. And there were a lot of people upset about it. Me, most of all. This time it wasn't going to happen. Donald Trump acted quickly. He sent troops over there. He protected that embassy. He gave them military support and then he followed up with an airstrike against General Suleimani, Took out the person responsible. That's what should have happened in Benghazi. Never did. That's the way a president is constitutionally obligated to behave. Now let's take it to the next point. Does he have to go to Congress at this point? No. Well, the conflict is essentially over. If Iran acts again, then he will do the same. And he has said, quite specifically, I have said now on Twitter, I am going to strike back if they strike us. He has said sites of significant importance. His exact words were, let this serve as a warning that if Iran strikes any Americans or American assets, we have targeted 52 Iranian sites representing the 52 American hostages taken by Iran many years ago at some at a very high level and important to Iran and an Iranian culture. That's not cultural sites. Cultural sites are important to everyone. Nobody's saying we're going to blow up the Great Pyramids, for God's sakes. I know they're in Egypt, but you understand my point. What happens is the Iranians place military assets inside These cultural sites, they place it inside hospitals and schools. The Hezbollah have been doing it for years. They do that so that if we have to take out those military assets to ensure safety of American troops, they can claim, oh, you're attacking cultural sites. Oh, you're attacking kids. You're attacking widows. You're attacking children. The United States does not target them, cultural sites, Intentionally. What they are doing is protecting our assets. And if cultural sites get in the way, oh, sorry, that's not our fault. You Iranians place them in that. Trump warned, and I'm reading for Newsweek, warned that Iran via Twitter, that U.S. had compiled a list of 52 sites in Iran that would strike militarily if the Persian Gulf nation chose to retaliate in the early Friday killing of, of Qassem Soleimani. The Iranian general is one of Iranians' top leaders, blah, blah, blah. And Pompeo said that any U.S. military strikes from inside Iran would be legal. In other words, if you attack our assets, we're going to attack yours. And he said, we'll behave, these are exact words, we'll behave inside the system. We have always been that way, we have always will. That's his exact quotes. Now, officials have said... They're going to clarify that statement that it's, not, it's necessary that the United States military does not intentionally commit war crime. Because the Iranians have said, hey, that's a war crime. You can't attack cultural sites. This is what they've tried to do. Then they go to the UN after we blow something up. After they've been sponsoring terrorism in Africa and the Middle East. We attack back. We strike their, their military assets, which are embedded in some cultural temple. And then they claim, oh, you committed a war crime and get the UN acting. That's their plan. It's a bunch of nonsense. It's a bunch of crap. Now, here's the interesting thing. As I said, layers of the onion. After the president said this, Iran made a statement. Oh, you're attacking cultural sites. Oh, that's a war crime. We'll go to the UN and complain. Yeah, you go ahead. Pass the ice cream. Within hours of the Iranian mullahs making that statement, Rashida Tlaib and AOC made the exact same statement. Well, what does that say to you? First of all, you got members of Congress that are siding with your enemy during a time of conflict, military conflict. When troops are in the field, I remember when, back when Bush was president and something like this happened, everyone said, well, that's going to get American troops killed. That's just, you can't do that. You can't say that. And people will run out of Congress for it. Now people are siding with AOC and people like Rashida Tlaib. And I'm not going to say that's an act of treason. But it's an act of disloyalty to the country, not to President Trump. You've got troops in the field and you've got Americans defending our interests and you're out there siding with the, Amer- the Iranians. You're saying the exact words that they are. What's the matter with you? Can't do that. Now, if you want to issue a private statement to the president, a letter to the White House, that's different. That's understandable. But you can't come out publicly and say the same thing that the Iranian mullahs is saying. You're siding with them. Now, he's another layer of the onion. This is why the president didn't notify Congress before. These people are sympathetic with our enemies. Now, I'm not going to say that they're traitors. I'm not going to say that they would call up Iranians, oh, the attack's coming. But you can bet there are people that are working for them that are disloyal to America. There's no doubt about it. And it's not intentional. They didn't hire them deliberately to, to be traitors. You know, I remember when Kristen Cinema was in Congress on she had an illegal alien as I uh, I shouldn't say an illegal alien. Well, yeah, they're illegal aliens, but she had somebody who was shielded by the DREAM Act as one of her personal aides. Well, if that person has sympathies to people who are illegal alien, what kind of security is there with paperwork that may be in that office? And you have to consider that there's possibility of that if you hire people... That are sympathetic, they may do something like that. In other words, you notify Congress, so Congress uh, naturally notifies other people in Congress, like to leave, like AOC. They have people working for them, and one of them, you know, surreptitiously is being paid by the enemy generals, and sneaks into the office one night and takes some stuff and, take, and says, "Oh, listen, hey, listen, I heard some scuttlebutt that he's going to attack tomorrow." And then all of a sudden the Iranian general just disappears, doesn't show up at that airport. This happens. So that's why he didn't notify Congress, because he wanted to let it get out. It's a very difficult target to do that. And you have to be aware that this is going on, that you have to be aware that there are people in Congress now that would rather side with an enemy general, and they are enemies. They are enemies of every American here in the United States. They're going to side with them instead of the president. Even during the worst times when Johnson was embedded in the Vietnam War, Republicans didn't side with the Vietnamese. They didn't side with with the Viet Cong. No way. Even though they didn't like the war, even though they didn't like how Johnson was handling it, they didn't side with the Viet Cong. They never would, would make the same statement that the Viet Cong were making. No way. They were loyal to America, the American flag, the Constitution. It had nothing to do with the politics of it. it had nothing to do with the fact that Johnson was a Democrat or Kennedy. It had everything to do with, hey, we're all Americans. Fight's on. Once the shooting starts, you've got to put away your rhetoric, man. And you need to take your concerns to the to president privately. Like, listen, the statement you made about cultural sites, that could be interpreted as a potential war crime. potential under the documents, the founding documents of the, the United Nations. You've got to be a little more circumspect, Mr. President. You just you take a delegation of the President. You don't say it publicly. And you certainly don't use the same verbiage that your enemy generals do. Now there's another layer to it. What now? What do you, what do you how do you, where do we go from this? Nancy Pelosi said, well, we're going to issue a rebuke to the president. For what? For defending American interests? They're trying to take away from Donald Trump's political gain. They are trying to prevent him from being elected. This is what the impeachment effort. About. I would say to, to Nancy Pelosi, well, we're going to issue a, a, a letter of rebuke. She's, that's what she said. For acting... For not notifying Congress and acting in this way. Well, would, while you're at it, would you staple the letters of impeachment that you got to that form? Because we're still waiting for that. You impeached me and you still haven't delivered the letters to the Senate. What about that? Remember how I said that Hillary Clinton might run for president? I also said if it was possible to. If the impeachment effort was successful. The attack on Soleimani has rallied his base. The letters of impeachment haven't even been delivered. Nancy Pelosi is afraid to because she knows that the Senate will probably immediately dismiss it. The charges are so weak. These are the things that are going to prevent Hillary Clinton from running for president. They know it. They're upset about it. They know that he's coming up on re-election in November 2020 and they have no way to stop it. So what they're going to try and do is issue a rebuke and rally their own side. That's the politics of it. It has nothing to do with them being loyal. Nancy Pelosi's not loyal to Iran. It has to do with politics. And they're trying to take away the strength that Donald Trump has been building because of this attack. Americans have been begging the president of the United States to stand up for America. And that's what he did. They don't want to see any more Benghazis than you do. Nobody does. And Donald Trump knew what it has to take. You got to stand up to these Iranians. I told you when they were striking in the Gulf, when Iran was acting in the Gulf, they were trying to provoke America into a war with Iran. They want that. They want a conflict so they can go to the UN. So they can embroil the whole world in a war. That's what they want. Don't give it to them. But they, you need to stand up to them. I said we should have stru- struck those assets on the Persian Gulf. Where they launched those patrol boats to take tankers. But you notice they didn't tank an American tanker the last time. They took a British one. Because the British haven't stood up. Because NATO hasn't stood up. America stand up. You notice they're not grabbing American tankers. And they're not going to now. A lot of this is rhetoric. What they will do is take some of the money that Barack Obama gave them, 150 million in gold. You've heard this story. Whether it's true or not, there was money that transferred hands during the Iran deal. They released the the Shah's old money, the Pahlavi Dynasty Treasury. They released it to the Iranians, plus interest. That was a ridiculous amount of interest. It was a bunch of bullshit. And they're using that money to sponsor terrorism around it. So you're going to see terrorists next. There's no question. But let's talk about that, because this is a, another layer to this onion. Iran and terrorism. Al-Qaeda and ISIS. Let's talk about that next. We'll be right back. I apologize for my voice this morning. It was like crazy here in the house, screaming and yelling. I, I pity my poor neighbors. You know how my foul mouth is. <laughs> it's like I was at the doors and windows were open because it's such a beautiful day here in Arizona. And I, it's like I was yelling. I, I said to myself, oh, my goodness, I hope my neighbors did. not <laughs> I was you know, I was kind of like, oh boy, I hope they got their windows closed. Sorry, I hope you don't have kids. <laughs> anyway, I ran in terrorism. That's why my voice is just, I shot. I didn't think about that yesterday. I was too busy yelling and whatnot. There's a layer here that people aren't really addressing. A connection people aren't making. For years, I've been saying on this show that Iran is the problem. Iran has been the problem since 1979, since Jimmy Carter fell down, which we'll get into before we end the show. They're using their money, they're using their influence to sponsor terrorism around the world, not just in the Gulf, but also in Africa, Middle East, Europe, here in America, maybe. Iran has been a problem for the world. And really... It's not so much the Iranian people as it is the mullahs and fundamentalism, Islamic fundamentalism. That's the tool that they use. They get people to believe in things that they shouldn't, that are against their own interests. And they send them gold and whatnot to, so they could go out and blow things up or kill people, stab people in London. And they don't do it like above board. They send somebody like Suleimani out and he delivers money to a leader somewhere. And then the leader hands it to other people and other people. So the time, by the time the money gets to Al-Qaeda or people embedded in ISIS, by the way, by the time the money gets there, they don't know that it's Iran that's funding them. That's how it works. And then they, when something goes wrong, when they blow an oil platform up, let's say Al-Qaeda attacks a facility, which they just did, Everyone can say, oh, it's al-Qaeda that's the problem. Oh, it's ISIS that's the problem. Oh, it's this group that's the problem. Oh, it's the Taliban. When it's really Iran. Now, we all know the story that Soleimani was working with us against ISIS. The reason was is because ISIS, as you well know, is a terrorist group. I've done entire shows on this. I don't have time to go into it today. But they were trying to unseat Assad in Syria because he wasn't far enough where they want. They wanted to establish a caliphate. In other words, an Arab Republic in the middle of all this, Syria, Israel, Iraq. And that was going against the plans of Iran. They wanted Assad in power because they're allied with the Russians. It's a very complex situation in the Middle East. And so they were working to prevent ISIS from attacking Syria and preventing Assad from being unseated. But that doesn't mean ISIS wasn't doing their bidding too. They would send gold to somebody who would then send it to somebody else who would then send it to ISIS. As long as that money wasn't used or those groups weren't used against Assad, they would look the other way. So Suleimani wasn't that big a friend to us. You know, people on the left are making that well, he helped us with ISIS. That's nonsense. Same thing with the Kurds in northern Turkey area. The northern uh, Syria area on the Turkish border. These were different Kurds than the ones that were being killed by Saddam Hussein in Iraq. Different groups of people. People just don't really know because they read a news story on NBC. They don't understand the subtleties that are going on here. Same with Al-Qaeda. There was an attack on a base that killed a couple of contractors. And they claim that Al-Qaeda was responsible, not Iran. It was Iran. It's always been Iran. I remember when Netanyahu was in the UN and he said the same thing. He was saying, look, these people are the problem. They are using Islamic fundamentalists. In other words, people who believe an extreme version of, of the Muslim religion as a weapon against the world. That way they can sit back and laugh and say, oh, it wasn't us. It wasn't us, but it's really, it's them. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, all these terrorist groups, is Iran. That's where they get their money from. And you need to understand that. Because once you realize that 90% of terrorism in the world is coming from Iran, you realize what a problem they are. And they don't believe in Islamic fundamentalism any more than you do. They are using that as a weapon too. To get people to believe in them. To get people to follow them. it's, It's essentially a cult. It's not the Muslim religion as a whole. I know what people tell me all the time. Oh, it is. It's Muslim religion. No, it's not. It's a perversion of Muslim. In that respect, President Obama was right. It's not really the Muslim religion. It's an extreme version that they're using as a weapon against the West. They want to establish Iran as a third world power. That's why they're trying to build a nuclear weapon. You know, they've been talking about this Iran deal. Well, Iran says we're no longer part of the Iran deal. They weren't part of the Iran deal the minute they signed that paper. They just wanted the money and they wanted the freedom to do so, to build a nuclear weapon. If they get a nuclear weapon, it's a big problem. They will establish a third world power. But there are ways that you can bring down Iran without going to war with them. President Trump is well aware of it. That means economic sanctions, shutting off that flow of money that Obama turned back on and getting them to expose themselves, which they did. Just like the Democrats exposed themselves as disloyal people, as defenders of Iran, he's exposing Iran now as terrorists, because this is what's happening. All these terrorist attacks now are going to happen. We have been told for years that Iran is not the problem. Well, how come all these terrorist attacks now happen? Well, this is striking back for killing Soleimani. Yeah, If that's true, then you are the sponsors because it's going to be Al-Qaeda. It's going to be ISIS. It's not going to be Iranian troops committing terrorist acts. It's going to be these other groups. So where did they get the money? How come they're becoming active now? You know, the L.A. police, this is hilarious. The L.A. police issued a statement. Well, in these times of unrest, you know, with the recent actions by President Trump, we're aware that there may be a problem with embedded units here in Los Angeles or some other BS statement, but we're, we're up to the job of protecting Americans here in Los Angeles. Well, maybe if your city wasn't a sanctuary city for people who are illegal aliens, that wouldn't be a problem because the terrorists can't get into this country under normal rules. I have said this many times. We're in a state of war. We've been in a state of war since 9-11. Why do we have open borders? President Trump has agreed with me. He's he's shut down some of these immigration from some of these countries. If you didn't have an open border problem, you wouldn't have a problem with moles inside your country. If you had people emigrating to this country who learn the language, learn our laws, learn our culture, take the oath of office, they're generally not a problem. You got people sneaking in under the wire, a little bit different. Need to be aware of that. So when they were out saying, well, we got a problem. We could have moles here in the United States. Well, maybe if we should take a look at our immigration. I didn't see Nancy Pelosi issuing a statement on that. How come we aren't addressing immigration? You wonder, you talk about a border wall. How about our immigration rules where somebody could just stand up and go, I need asylum and get into this country that way. That's why you need to have a secure border. So if if the problem becomes a, a real problem like now, with Suleimani's death you can do something about it we have an open border to the south it's very easy for somebody who is a mole to get in that way nobody seems to be wanting to have that discussion this morning nobody's wanted to have this discussion for the last couple of days nobody's wanted to have that discussion for the last year three years since Trump became president what about the possibility that moles may come in from ISIS from Al-Qaeda from the Taliban for many of these Islamic fundamentalist groups what about that what are we doing to address that problem issuing a Twitter statement when something goes wrong well we'll do our best well you could have done your best for the last three years like I said this is these are all layers to the onion it's, there's so much here I, I mean we could talk about this all week we really could we're not at war we're not going to war will there be terrorist acts yes will president trump strike back yes he's putting iran on notice we're not going to just sit here and take it anymore we're not going to pay you off with pallets of gold and we're not going to sign deals with people who haven't kept a deal since their inception let's talk about that before we wrap up the show and about jimmy carter we'll be right back Okay, we only have a few minutes left. Um, Has anybody gotten a statement from Jimmy Carter uh, in the past few days? By the way, Joe Biden worked with Jimmy Carter on a number of things, including Arab-American relations. You should look into the history of this. I may put a couple clips up in tomorrow's show. I'm going to start experimenting with it. I'm going to do my best to get the video feed up as quick as I have. It probably this year won't be. Because I'm going to embed clips in the show and whatnot. And you'll hear them on the radio show. You just won't see them. In the bit shoot, in the which I'm going to invest more money in, and YouTube, you'll see those clips. But has anybody gotten a, a statement from Jimmy Carter? Because I would like to hear from Jimmy Carter. Carter's administration was responsible for the Ayatollah coming back to Iran. The Middle East has always had an Islamic fundamentalism problem. Always. I mean, this goes back hundreds of years. But it didn't become an institutionalized problem until the Ayatollah came back to Iran and the Pahlavi dynasty was dethroned. The Pahlavi dynasty and whatnot, and I'm going to air my other show, probably on a Best of Liberty Never Sleeps on a a weekend. You'll see more of that too. The Pahlavi dynasty was dismantled during the Carter administration the rise of Islamic fundamentalism was becoming a problem in Iran and Jimmy Carter advised the Pahlavi dynasty, well just let the Ayatollah come back to Iran, don't kill him don't arrest him that'll satisfy these Iranian students that are a problem in your country and guess what happened, he got ousted and the uh, Ayatollah Khomeini got in and that was the end of any kind of free people in Iran I mean the Shah was no nice guy some of these leaders that were put into power by the Sykes-Pico trigger, they weren't nice guys. They were certainly better than the Islamic fundamentalists that we have now. They certainly weren't sponsoring terrorism throughout the Gulf. You notice how terrorism didn't become a problem until 1980 and later? And Bush didn't do it any favors trying to establish democratic republics in these nations. You can't do that at a point of gun. you got to hope that they do it on their own. That's what the Sykes-Pico treaty proved. You can't put in institute leaders and you can't put in leaders by a, with a sign of a pencil or a point of a gun. You, you, people have to do it on their own. And if it wasn't for Carter's failure, diplomatic failure, and Bush's follow-up, Bush, would, I mean, the reason Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait was because of Bush. Because of our ambassador not making clear that we would defend Kuwait and Kuwaiti oil interests. The whole thing has been bungled after one president after another we finally have a president standing up and saying "Hey, hello we're not going to tolerate it anymore we're going to make our intentions clear if you attack us if you sponsor terrorism we're going to strike back it's about time it's only taken what 40 years that's why no you see nobody see people that are alive long enough 50 year olds 60 year olds we know better young kids don't they've never lived through it they never lived through a president. That stands up for American interests. Or stands up to the press. Or stands up to the liberals. Let's face it. If you're an 18 year old, 19 year old, 20 year old. These Bernie Sanders supporters. You were born after 9-11. It's been 19 years. So you have no concept of a president standing up to his enemies. And they are enemies of the American people. When you come out and you say the same words that come out of an Iranian mullah's mouth, you are an enemy to the American people, whether you know it or not. And they're not used to an American president standing up and shooting at them. The last time we actively took a, a role in the Gulf in these kids' lives was the Bush War, right? The Bush the Youngers War. But that was kind of a joke. We, went, we sent in troops and Saddam Hussein was hiding in a hole in the ground. Before that, what? You have uh, Bill Clinton's attacks in Somalia, which was a failure. His airstrikes, which were a failure. So they have no concept of what real war looks like or a president standing up for American interests. So that's why they, it's, it's a shock to them. And it's all responsible, but because we got involved in the Middle East by allowing this rise in Islamic fundamentalism. That's why I said, well, has anybody talked to Jimmy Carter in all this? What are your thoughts on this? I would love to hear Carter's thoughts. I don't. Know, how does that guy still alive even? Right? he had brain cancer in '94, still alive. Remember, he told us, "I've only got maybe six months to live. I've got cancer in my liver and in my brain, and, and I'm going to die." Here's my book, sign it. Now all of a sudden, miraculously, he recovers. Eh, whatever. Modern medicine's a wonderful thing, I guess, if you're a president. If you're everybody else, not so much. There's, like I said, a whole lot of layers to this. But the bottom line is this. American interests were attacked in the Gulf. Our embassy was under threat from Iraqi militia groups, which were sponsored and funded by Iran, and General Soleimani, who was in Iran, wasn't, excuse me, he was in Iraq. He was not in Iran. He is an enemy combatant in our territory, essentially. Our embassy. That's our land. Not Iraq's, our land. It was under attack. We're not going to allow another Benghazi. We're not going to be another Jimmy Carter and allow American embassies to be held hostage. So we killed the guy responsible and we sent troops to protect our embassy. That is the role and function of American president. That is not war. And Americans today, young people, don't know because they're not being taught in schools and they have no experience with it. Their only experience with an American president is who? Obama. So that's why everyone goes nuts. So that's the mentality of what's going on. All right? We're out of time for today. God, it went by fast, didn't it? But you're going to start seeing on this show, as I experiment with the software, I played with it while I was on vacation, but, you know, I've only had a couple weeks, plus I had some time to myself. I'm going to experiment with it going forward with starting to use news clips. I'm going to talk about the Golden Globes tomorrow. I'm going to talk about the rise of Skywalker. These are all things that I can use video clips for, all right? And you're going to start to see that on YouTube and Bitchute. Just go to our channels over there, subscribe, hit the little bell. After you hit the subscribe button on YouTube, hit the little bell. Or you can go to BitChute if you prefer, which I, I, I lean toward it, but BitChute is a, is, a, is a day or two delayed from YouTube because they get the feed from YouTube, so you get the shows a day late. But you can watch it on BitChute, you can watch it on, on YouTube, subscribe to them, and you'll get those things. Or you can just listen to the show as you always have. Most people listen to it on iHeartRadio. You can listen to your car radio. If you want to see all the different ways you can subscribe to the show, go to our website. I cleaned it up. I did a bunch of stuff in back that you can't see to to speed up the site and secure it a bit more. But you can go to our website at LibertyNeverSleeps.com and you can see all the different ways you can listen to the show. I would advise you to do that. It's going to be a wonderful year, an exciting year for this show in 2020. And November 2020 is going to be just around the corner. Take care, folks. Have a good one. I'll be back tomorrow.